friends, God is among us. A whole life is made not of goodliness, A whole life is known not by health, not by being, not by rest. We are not now what we shall be. The process is not yet finished. We have not reached our goal. At present, everything does not gleam and spark. The readings today are from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 20, and from the poetry of a few influential songwriters. From Truckin' by the Grateful Dead. Sometimes the lights all shine in on me, other times I can barely see. Lately it occurs to me. What a long, strange trip it's been. From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Now on the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other as you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked them. He replied, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucify him. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides this all, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of a group astounded us. They were at the tomb this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that, he had indeed, that they had indeed seen a vision of an angel who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish are you, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sights. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? The next reading comes from the song, You Are a Tourist by Death Cab for Cutie. When there's a burning in your heart, an endless yearning in your heart. Build it bigger than the sun. Let it grow, let it grow. When there's a burning in your heart, don't be alarmed. These are today's readings. Thank you, Lewis, for reading 
our readings and wearing your Grateful Dead t-shirt while you did so. Well, it is good to be among you down here on the southern end of the campus. Uh, as Melissa said, as Pastor Melissa said, I come from um, the northern campus up in Berkeley, California, where the seminary resides, Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary of California Lutheran University. And it's fun to be down here, about 20 degrees warmer. <laughs> and apparently it rained up there this morning. Very strange, strange occurrence right now. We're going to talk about some strange occurrences. Um, but first I want to talk about road trips because I said the title of this is, is uh, that, this road trip that you're on. And I think there's something about a road trip. I really love road trips. You set the car up and there's the road trip food that you eat, right? For me it's Twizzlers, Pringles, and gummy bears. I don't eat those at any other time in my life, only while I'm on road trips. I don't suggest that you leave the gummy bears in the car. Or it's just one gummy bear after that. Um, there's the, you get your tunes ready. Now the first time I took a really big road trip, um, it was a while ago, <laughs> like I was moving from Minnesota to Washington, so a really big long trip by myself. And um, I packed my car, my little Honda Civic full to the gills, but what was most important was that I had all my music accessible for this 24-hour road trip. And back then, that meant all of my CDs in their jewel cases, in shoe boxes, like 250 of them that were all on the seat next to me. Uh, I know it's hard to imagine how much space that took up in my little Honda Civic, but suffice it to say, it's quite a bit more space than an iPhone. I used to take these long road trips with youth groups back when I was a youth director. And on the way out, we always listened to a song called Get Out the Map. That needs no explanation. And then on the, on the way home, we always played this Grateful Dead song called Truckin'. It's probably inappropriate music for a church van. But it had this one great line in it that Lewis read a second ago that was repeated over and over and over again that was so true on every single road trip that we took with a youth group. What a long, strange trip it's been. So you can imagine the van pulling into the church parking lot with all the kids yelling out that out the window. Though I hope it was a different kind of long, strange trip than I think Jerry Garcia's were. I've been thinking about roads a lot lately because I just uh, moved to, back to Berkeley um, five months ago. And um, Berkeley reside, well, the seminary resides in Berkeley, I mean, that's a strange place anyway, Berkeley, California, is funny on its own. But the campus is located about a mile up a really, really steep hill, the only straight road in the Berkeley Hills. Um, and if you Google uh, how to get to the seminary, that's how it'll tell you to go, just go straight up the hill. Your car won't like it, but that's what it'll tell you to do. It's not the only way to get there. In fact, the Berkeley Hills are made up of this myriad of roads and pathways and staircases that go in between people's homes. So there are switchback routes that you can use to get there, and for the sake of interest, saving your car or perhaps your legs, or for other reasons, most of us choose another road. You can pass a lot of interesting things that way, sometimes really interesting things, like the morning that we were on our way to class and there was someone having nude pictures taken of herself. It is Berkeley, after all. <laughs> so I've been thinking about those multiple roads as a good metaphor for how people come to understand 
their purpose and calling and vocation in life, which sometimes leads to seminary and sometimes leads to a million other places, or sometimes leads to a million other places and then to seminary, or sometimes leads to seminary and then a million other places. Sometimes people get out of college and come straight to seminary, a route that I liken to driving straight up that road to Marin, but sometimes they wander a bit up roads that are windier but not quite as hilly. Which path is better is not really the point, not really the question, because God is on all of those paths, and it is your own journey. And along the way of any road, there are signs that God places for us, signs that tell us which direction to consider going next. Or maybe they are more like that other kind of sign, the people that you meet or the things that happen that either seem more real or more surreal in the moment, or the moments you come back to as having some important quality or teaching you some important thing. These are what one author who writes about vocation called epiphanies of recruitment, God's recruitment moments. God puts these things in place as recruitment moments. We can read about these moments on the road quite literally in the Bible, so I'm going to take a little tour through some of those roads that we find in, in Scripture. Of course, these guys that are in the stories were all mostly on foot in their road trips. Take, for example, the story of Saul who turns into Paul, who famously is said to have been on that road to Damascus when he was struck blind and led to a moment of conversion. What a long, strange trip that must have been. That's not the kind of sign I want. But maybe you have some kind of experience like that, a moment when you realize that everything that you thought was true, everything you thought you were seeing so clearly, is totally called into question, and you have to consider life in a different way from now forward with this newfound reality. Paul was persecuting Christians. He had an encounter with Christ who asked why, and it shifted his whole perspective. Or the road that a man named Philip found himself on in Acts 8. Philip is led to go south to the road, the desert road, that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on the way he met this uh, man who was an Ethiopian eunuch. So as they were talking, Philip is explaining to this eunuch about the scriptures and how Jesus came and lived and was put to death and raised to new life for all. And this eunuch says as they're walking along the road, what is to prevent me from being baptized? You see, Philip and the eunuch, as I understand it, were raised in a time where they believed that certain sexual minorities were not granted access to the temple in the same way that people with all of their parts looking the way they were supposed to look were. By this I mean, and please be warned, I'm about to quote the Bible. It's not a very pleasant text nor is it considered polite conversation. But see, when I was in seminary, I argued that we would have to. It was our responsibility to talk about all of the difficult parts of the Bible and not ignore them. So now, do you all feel sufficiently warned that you're going to hear about what a eunuch is? Are we okay? From Deuteronomy 23, verse 1, and some other places also, no one whose testicles are crushed or whose penis is cut off shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. 
Doesn't that just make you want to go to seminary and learn all about the Bible? So in any case, in Jerusalem around the temple, there would be rings in certain places you might have access to and places that you might not. What that means for a person who either had the parts of his human being removed from him, crushed or whatever, or was born that way, that person did not have access to God since that was the place folks believed that you encountered God. So on that day, as Philip was proclaiming good news to this person that he was led to speak to, both of them were taught about the inclusiveness of God. And that eunuch, who was a person, was baptized and named a child of God. The epiphany here is for Philip and for that child of God who was baptized. But what a long, strange trip that must have been. How about the Magi in Matthew's Gospel? who tells the story of a long journey when they finally meet the new child Jesus and they encounter this son of God who Herod sent them to investigate. And after having met them, instead of returning to Herod, they turn around and go home on another road. What a long, strange trip that must have been. Or there is the road some disciples found themselves on after Jesus died that we just read about the road to Emmaus, where Jesus, somehow appearing as a stranger, walks alongside these disciples and asks them what they are so sad about. And they are incredulous that he doesn't know. But when they say, haven't you heard about this great prophet who was put to death, then Jesus begins to explain scriptures, meaning mostly the prophets, and interpret their own times through the scripture so they come to a new understanding of the situation that they are in. And when they finally figure out it is Christ who is talking with them, they say, we're not our hearts burning within us on that road. We're not our hearts burning within us. This is probably the feeling for each of the tales on the road that the Bible tells us. For Philip, as he realized the fullness of God's grace, which was not just for Israel and not just for men and not just for men whose parts looked the way they should, but for all. I think all of a sudden, Philip was opening up scripture to that child of God and with the question, what is to prevent me from being baptized? He had an epiphany about who God was and who God was for. I'm imagining him there on the road, his heart burning within him as he realized, yeah, what is to prevent you from being baptized? I have nothing to refute that. The gospel is also good news for this person. And for Saul on that road to Damascus, eyes made shut, who then went to someone's home and heard truth, things that sounded like truth to him. I am sure as God was revealed to him that his heart was burning within him and whatever it was that was happening out there on that road, all of us are here partly because of that conversion story, because he did more to spread the good news of God in that early church than anyone. And those magi at the end of their journey, their long journey, encountering the Christ child, realizing this was truth and good news for them, and Herod and his power was something different, and going home on another road, don't you think? Were not their hearts burning within them on that new road?
If you think back on your own life, perhaps you can remember moments when your heart was burning within you, when God was changing your heart or leading you to somewhere, some calling, some purpose, or to say something out loud. There are these moments to pay attention to, the signs we get on this road trip we're on, God's epiphanies of recruitment. One more song to mention, that Death Cab for Cutie song from about three years ago. The song is called You're a Tourist, and that might be true of this road trip we're on. I think the guy who wrote the song must have been reading that story about the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And their conclusion after the presence of Jesus was revealed to them as they broke bread together were not our hearts burning within us on that road when he opened scripture to us. Because he wrote that song, this song that has pretty good advice in it for those disciples who were on that road. When there's a burning in your heart, an endless yearning in your heart, build it bigger than the sun. Let it grow. Let it grow. When there's a burning in your heart, don't be alarmed. Good advice to us, too. It tells us to pay attention to those moments in life when God may be speaking, calling out what we shall be in all kinds of moments of life. And whatever it is that you shall be, whatever roads you end up on, surely at the end of it, you'll be able to say, what a long, strange trip it's been. Amen. Would you pray with me? God of endless possibility, we do not always understand the opportunities and the pathways that you place before us. Caught up in our own plans and busyness, we are slow to see the open pathways you have set before us. Open our eyes that we may accept this new life that you offer. Lord God, who has called us as your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden and through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Amen. Would you stand and receive God's blessing? Shaped and formed by the almighty grace of God, Go now and bear the love of God to the world. Amen. May God's peace be with you all. Let us share that peace with one another.